back, everybody, to another episode of Stratford and Chat. That's it. That's the Premier League. 38 games have been played. Top four has been decided. And um, yeah, what a what a strange season it's been. The coronavirus season has finally come to an end. No fans present at most of the games. Um, Manchester United closing out the season with a 2-1 victory away at Molyneux to Wolves. Against kind of playing the uh, B cast in this scenario with nothing on the line in preparation for our European date midweek. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was just a, uh, just a comfortable win. Not, not much to say for, for this game. I think, uh, I think Chris, I think we're just going to be talking about um, mostly our Premier League team of the seasons and a couple of, couple of war of uh, awards that we want to give out. And um and yeah, maybe then sort of go into a preview for the Europa League final. Yeah, I mean, there isn't really much to say about the match against Wolves. Obviously, uh, the most important thing is that we've maintained our perfect away form this year, which is huge. Again, hasn't been done since the Invincible Invincibles back in 2004. Um, great to see Elanga on the score sheet as well as Juan Mata. Uh, obviously, that penalty that, that was dedicated to his mother. Um, but yeah, I think everyone was more watching the the Leicester and Spurs match, as well as the Chelsea and Villa match, as well as Liverpool and Palace. And it was, man, I, I I'm just glad that we had no weight or no like, it, like we this top four race didn't affect us at all, like like it did last year. And it's just yeah, for yeah. once. For once, we could just kind of take a step back and just kind of enjoy the show, enjoy the last day festivities. Yeah. Because this time last year, we uh, we we had a you know our last game was against Leicester, funny enough, and everything was on the line uh, in terms of the Champions League, and we need we needed to get a win, so that was really really stressful. So I can imagine on that day, I think uh, Chelsea fans, Leicester fans, and Liverpool fans were definitely sweating. Uh, I I would say Chelsea fans probably were sweating the most um because things weren't looking good for them for a long period of time but uh you know what Leicester City you know god bless them love their team they did great in the FA Cup but man they definitely bottled it again this year I just think I just don't think there's any excuse for that Leicester team to chop out very last second like they had they not lost to like Newcastle for example they had that odd like 4-2 loss against Newcastle right Man, yeah, that yeah. that probably was the difference. And also, I mean, Chelsea supporters can only thank Gareth Bale because he totally bailed them out. <laughs> bailed them out. Nice yeah, time. thank you. Um, seriously, Chelsea played like pure garbage on Sunday. They, I don't know. I I personally think they'll get slapped by City in next week's final for sure. But I definitely not the, not the favorites. favorites. Not the favorites. But would I like them to win? I don't know, maybe lesser of two evils, but we'll get to the Champions League final a bit later. But Liverpool, I mean, I think they deserve, they absolutely deserve to make top four given their form at like the last, I think they achieved like 26 out of a possible 30 points to end the season. So yeah. kudos to them. I think they rebounded very well. Yeah, you know what? I mean, they kind of, they kind of really salvaged their season. I mean, things were not looking good. And I was actually about to have Liverpool as our uh, sort of disaster of the season award because, I mean, from, from a Premier League, a dominant Premier League title to not even qualifying for the Champions League is pretty sad. Um, and I, you know, I know, I know 
the story with the injuries and all that. And of course it's true. And I mean, you can see it in their center back pairings. I mean, they're playing two nobodies basically, <laughs> at least that, that we don't know. Um, so they've had a very difficult season, but they managed to turn it around the last couple of games when it counted, they really hit form, they hit stride and they managed to win. I don't know what it was five straight, I think something like that. Um, and, and get that third place, which honestly, like <laughs> looks, looks good to be honest. So, uh, you know, good on Liverpool. They had a really difficult season and, uh, I'm sure that, you know, next season they're going to come back stronger for sure. Man. I mean that, that Allison goal, that, that was huge. Absolutely yeah. huge. It's, it's, it's just those little moments, right. In those games that just kind of, kind of makes or breaks, breaks the season, you know? So yeah, yeah you know, kudos to Liverpool. They qualify into Champions League. Chelsea making it into the Champions League by the skin of their teeth. Fourth place after a loss to Aston Villa, who weren't really playing for much other than pride. And, you know, yeah, the Spurs doing them a huge, huge favor. Um, yeah, again, I just can't believe. I, I, I guess we did kind of predict it last podcast. Uh, I remember saying that I think that it was going to be Chelsea and Liverpool. And I think that Leicester... I said Leicester was going to bottle it, and uh, you know what? That's that's exactly what they did. And I feel bad for them because they're so close, right? They're just on the cusp of it. It's um, so painful because they bottled it twice. They were up twice in that match. There's just no excuse. You know, I mean, I don't know what else Brendan Rodgers could have done, but I think that defending the last two goals by Gareth Bale, like Soyuncu she was just, he might as well have just not. They were yeah, just out of gas. I, they looked tired. Granted, they look tired, yeah. but come on. We, we basically gifted them three points a week ago, right? Yeah, yeah. no, we did. So we did. Uh, there's just no and... excuse. Um, I think personally, there was that they should have drawn against Chelsea last week as well. Like Perez, Iosi Perez missed like a sitter um, at the like 85th minute or something. So they can yeah. only blame themselves, obviously. But I guess like Europa League, like fifth place and an FA Cup. All things considered, not too bad. It's just the manner in which they just fail. This is kind of depressing, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's just that Champions League football that you always strive for. And and they spent a lot of time in the top four. I'm not 100% certain, but I think it was something like 240 days in the top four. And they just slip out on the last day. I mean, that's that's got to hurt. But once again... It stings a little less when you have a, an, another trophy in your cabinet mm. and some good memories on top of that. So fair play to Leicester. You know, they're in Europe next season, which is always always great for, for their club. Um, so all in all, not a terrible season for them. So that settles the top four. Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Chelsea all qualify. Uh, the bottom three, that's been, you know, that's been decided. We won't be seeing Fulham. We won't be seeing West Brom or Sheffield. Next season, I believe I'm not 100% sure on the teams that we will be seeing, or I think there's two confirmed there's Norwich and Watford. Um, I'm actually a huge fan of the cycling GK vlogs, <laughs> that's going to be huge. I hope that the Premier League lets him vlog those sort of game day and if he plays, lets him put a GoPro in net because I know that he had to come to an agreement with the EFL, um, because you know that's like Premier League property, so. <laughs> Fingers crossed for that. That's that's going to be huge for the YouTube game. And I think we're waiting on the playoff final, which is between Swansea City 
and Brentford. Come on, Brentford. I believe. <laughs> Do you know? I don't know, are? but I don't want to make the trip to Wales, so let's just. Uh... Yeah. True. True. Good looks. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's going to be next season. So we we uh, we look forward to that. So the season being wrapped up, uh, we kind of teased last week that we would that me and Chris would kind of go over our Premier League team of the season. There's been a bunch of lists. Um, all the pundits have already had their Premier League team of the seasons out. So I think there's there's more or less a general consensus with a lot of these players. I don't think that there's lots of uh, disparity. Maybe it gets a little bit more interesting in the midfield and front three. Um, so we're, so we're going to get into it here. We got, we got a four, three, three, and I think we're just going to go goalie and then defenders midfield front three. So um, I'll start with, uh, with who I got in net. And I gave this to drum world, Emmy Martinez, the Aston Villa goalkeeper. And honestly, uh, I Aston Villa was tough because they had a really, really solid first half of the season and it kind of tailed off towards the end. So when you're picking a player of the season, it's very difficult to um, you know, pick a player of the season and they kind of tailed off towards the end, right? But I just think that, you know, signing from Arsenal, he just came in and started the season really, really well. He was a huge he was a huge part of Aston Villa's success. Uh, he had some amazing saves. And in terms of uh, the Golden Glove race, I know he lost out to Ederson and, uh, and Mendy as well. But still, 15 clean sheets for an Aston Villa team is pretty good. So big ups, Emmy Martinez. Yeah, for me, I went with Ederson. Um, I don't think it was... I mean, it's not a controversial choice by any means. But I think... Given Ederson's so important uh, to how City play as well, like working for the back, um, and I think it's just generally been solid all season. Obviously, many clean sheets, so I I just went with Ederson in this case. Yeah, for sure. Not yeah, nineteen clean sheets, yeah. uh, Golden Glove winner. Can't go wrong with that. Premier League champions. I mean, that's like a. I just kind of want to spice it up a little bit and just give Emmy Martinez uh, some love because he deserved it this season. Okay, uh, moving on to our back four. So I'm going to start at left back. And I think this is a pretty big consensus here. I think across everybody, pundits, whoever, I think everyone can agree here that uh, the consensus left back is, I think me and you agree here, Chris, is uh, Luke Shaw. Um, I mean, just, just, just an incredible season. I mean, you can also talk about most improved player, bounce back player. Because Luke's had, you know, he's had some tough seasons uh, under Mourinho and previously, and a lot of people sort of doubted his abilities. I've always been a huge fan of Luke Shaw. I think that he's just naturally one of the most naturally gifted left backs there is, both on the ball and defending. Um, and I'm just really happy that he got to showcase that to the entire league this year. And he was a he was a big component of our success this year. Yeah. Fingers crossed that he signs an extension pretty soon and he can keep up his form. Uh, to anyone who thinks Shao Cancelo should have been the left back in a team this season, I, they can just eat it. Honestly. I, <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't even entertain yeah. that. Sure. Well, out of here, man. Like I think Shaw was by far head and shoulders above any other left back this year. He's clear. He's yeah. clear. He's clear. Yeah, in my yeah. opinion. Um, okay, so moving on now to the center backs. So obviously four through three, we got two center backs here. So I went with 
Ruben Diaz, which again was a huge consensus with everybody, and maybe more controversial, Harry Maguire. Um, and yeah, you can say that we're a little biased given that we're Manchester United fans. And I think that realistically only United fans are putting Maguire in their Premier League team of the seasons because we're the ones who actually watch every game and we see him every single week um, sort of leading our back line. And sure, it's it's easy to make fun of Maguire. He's, he's an easy target because he does make mistakes sometimes and people just love to bash on him for that. But man, again, we've been preaching on this podcast, like the consistency that he brings to the team in terms of our back line. And he's, he's just a huge part of our success. And I just think that, he, you know, he needs a lot more credit. Well, now people know, given how we've been playing uh, last previous matches. Um, I'm going to take a slightly different route. Um, maybe I'm being too un, uh, unbiased. Uh, I would say Diaz, absolutely. I think Ruben Diaz for sure should be one of the center backs. I'm going to say Stones because Stones actually had a really bound, a good bounce back year because I really thought his time at City was over, but I guess like he's found like a, the perfect relationship with Ruben Diaz. And I think Pep's just found himself a rejuvenated center back. And I think he, I don't think it's controversial again, by any means to put him in there considering uh, how City have defended well this year. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think Ruben Diaz won, I think PFA player, this player of the season, something like that. So he's obviously, he's gotten a lot of praise recently and, a lot of people have been looking at Ruben Diaz as one of the big reasons for City's success because I think, especially last year's campaign against Liverpool, I think one of their big problems was their defense and they definitely addressed it, right? I mean, it's that simple. They they bought a really good defender. He performed really, really well during the season. Boom, stonks. Premier League champions, easy as, easy as that. The first Portuguese player to win player of the season since. Uh Boy, boy Cristiano. Cristiano Ronaldo. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, big shout out to him. Again, not exactly City fans here. So, uh, moving on to the right back position. For me, actually, here, honestly, I don't, I don't really have one. I think you can just give it to either Kyle Walker or Jao Cancelo. You can give it to uh, really, well. Sufal from West Ham. Sufal had had a good season yep. as well. Yeah, I saw Gary Neville put him in in his team of the season. Um, but I think most people are doing Kyle Walker, Jao Cancelo, which, which which is fine. Like I'll I'll give it again. Yeah. I'm I have a little, little bit of a bias here because I don't watch City games, so it's hard for me to even pick City players. Um, I just don't watch their games. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Chris, did you put somebody I mean, in there? I actually just wanted to bring up maybe honorable mentions. Maybe we should put that because it's okay, it's sure. it's already hard enough to pick a starting eleven for the entire league. But just to go back to center backs, I think um, Wesley Fofana could be a shout at center back as well. Okay. Um, and then yep. right back, yeah, 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 as you mentioned, other, you know, Kyle Walker and um, whoever we just mentioned. Yeah, there's there's lots of solid players. Like, I, you know, I think even if you want to talk about honorable mentions, I would probably bring up uh, Reese James, I think. Yeah, he's solid. I just, I, I, yeah, I just really rate him. I think he's solid. He's consistent. Again, I'm a big fan of consistent defenders that kind of show up week in, week out. You know what you're going to get. Uh, I think Reese James defensively, he's a beast. Um, he's got pace, strong on the ball. You know, he's kind of got it all, right? So, um, yeah. But again, I think most people are giving it to Jao Cancelo and Cal Walker. So now we're getting on to the a little bit more, uh, a little bit more juicy part here. We have the midfield three, where there's 
been some differences in opinions. Should um, I start this time? Some hot takes here and there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why don't you start? Okay. Should I say all three at the beginning or one at a time? What? How should we do this? Hmm. How about how about we go one at a time? Let's okay. let's let's really savor this one. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's going to be maybe a little. little I bit think of there will be some overlaps. Obviously, we're both going to choose Bruno, and obviously, he, he yeah. deserves to be in the team of the season. Um, I think he broke uh, Frank's uh, uh, Fat Frank's uh, record for uh, <laughs> goals and assists. Well deserved. Yeah. Um, and I think I, this is not a debate either. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, right? I mean, he's pure class. I think he's the best. I've seen him left out. You left him out. Okay, very interesting. No, 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 oh. no, no, no. I, I put him in. I put him in. But I've seen him left out from a lot of really? seasons. And yeah, yeah, because I think so. This season, he he had some injuries and he was in and out of the squad, so he didn't necessarily put those you know dominating seasons that he did. I mean, think I think mm. was it just last year where he was player? Of the yeah, season? I think he was. Right. So I mean, compared to that, it, it was a bit of a decline. But again, like if. Kevin De Bruyne is just flat out the best player in the Premier League. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to not put him in, in your team of the season, regardless if he had a little bit of a dip. Because uh, he has just such high like standards. Dip in quotation marks by his standards, right? I know. For for him, it's still, I don't know how many, I think he had, what, 12 assists. Um, and, you know, he still he still contributed goal-wise. So not the worst season whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but you're right. A lock in for us, yeah, is Bruno Fernandez, Kevin yeah. De Bruyne, for and sure. I think my third, I'm going to choose Irokai Gundogan. I think he had an insane stretch of matches when Kevin De Bruyne was injured, but I think he should still get recognized for his efforts because I think like he was instrumental when City went on that unbeaten streak, right? So I think uh, Gundogan has his place, but I think that third spot is definitely definitely controversial. Yeah, so I didn't go with Gundogan in my third midfield position. Uh, I recognize that Gundogan had a, had a really, really good spell. And I think a lot of people are including him because they remember that sort of incredible run of goal scoring that he had. And he was just, I don't know, he was just banging mm-hmm. in goals left and right. City were winning while KDB was injured. Um, but again, I'm trying to think of like, okay, the entire stretch of the season, who is, who, who, who was really that impact player, right? Consistently throughout the season. And for me in the midfield, I went with Mason Mount. Mm. Mason Mount, I'm I'm a big fan of Mason Mount. All right. I think he's hands down Chelsea's best player. You can argue with Conte recently, but Mason Mount, man, he 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 just does it all, right? He just he he creates, he runs off the ball. He's he's a danger man. When he has the ball, things happen. I'm a huge, huge fan of Mason Mount and I also think I'll even go a step further for my praise for him I think he's a guaranteed starter for for England I think he's one of the first names on the team sheet yeah so uh yeah Mason Mount for me I think Mason's definitely a good shout and I don't it's kind of funny just you know looking back you know last year's summer transfer like I was always confused why Chelsea went for Havertz and uh Ziyech right when you know that's just going to take time away from from Pulisic and Mount, right? Because I think Mason's quality, and there's yeah. a reason why he's been consistently starting under Tuchel and Lampard, and obviously, hopefully, uh, under Southgate. Um, I think, apart from Mount, um, I would give an honorable mention to Jack Grealish, but he's been injured for quite a bit, mm-hmm. but he was 
playing really, really well um, when he wasn't. And yeah. I think he would have made it had he not been uh, been injured. Uh, I think you could also think about maybe... Um, you could probably give Declan Rice maybe a shout-out because... Um, yeah, he's had a good yeah, season. He's he, had a good season. And West Ham were definitely a bit lost without him, I would say. And I think that's probably a main reason why they they weren't able to qualify the champ for the Champions League this year. So, yeah. I mean, do you have any other honorable mentions? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, this depends where you want to put them because funny enough, like Jack Grealish, I kind of put him in the, in my front mm. three. Um, I saw okay, okay. maybe I sort of cheated in that sense, but I don't know. I feel like he's a bit interchangeable. You can kind of have him, he kind of plays midfield, but also as a, as a front three yeah. winger. Um, also I would put Phil Foden in that category, like, like Jack Grealish, where he kind of floats in and around midfield, but also front yeah, three. Yeah. So you might have him in your front three, you might not, but, um, yeah, Phil, Phil Foden's a great shout as well. He had a, he had a tremendous season and he's, you know, uh, a breakout star player for, uh, for city this year. Yeah. I, I had him as a so, yeah. honorable mention in my front three, but we'll get to the front three. Uh, yeah. So Front three now, um, I'll kick it off. I think right down the middle, there's a consensus here from everybody. You're crazy if you don't put this guy, number one striker. It is none other than the Premier League Golden Boot winner and Premier League, um, like they, they even had a trophy for most assists, playmaker, Timo oh. Harry Kane. Oh, shit, I was going to say <laughs> Olivier Giroud. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Kane, I mean, he's had... He's had a uh, unreal season. I mean, just numbers wise, and I think I think he really he just found a different element to his game, and he just I don't know he just found a way to be even even more of a threat to teams, right? D- dropping back in, being that playmaker, but still being so incredibly lethal in front of goals, right? When Harry Kane has the box in or has the ball in and around the box. I mean that's that's just it's danger. It's alarm bells for Premier League defenders. So out and out Harry Kane striker 100%. I don't have much to add on that. <laughs> yeah. Any honorable mentions for then for that, for that striker? A striker position? position. Okay. Um maybe had Dominic Calvert-Lewin actually kept up his form, maybe he could have made it. That's what I could th- But it's like I think it's impossible to replace anyone in striker to be honest. There really isn't anyone. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think Kane was head and shoulders yeah, above yeah. everyone. I think it's clear as day. Um, yeah, Calvert-Lewin, people point to him. But again, I'm not a big Calvert-Lewin, Calvert-Lewin fan. I think he does he does like intangibles really well, like winning headers and, um, you know, holding up the ball. But nothing too special for me, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, there really isn't anyone that can actually come close to replace uh, Harry Kane. But I think it's the wingers that are, are very, very... Uh, very contentious in terms of debate and for me yeah uh we'll start with the left wing and i'm gonna go with uh min son <laughs> it's a bit of bias because i'm also korean but i think son and kane have just been despite their contributions going forward spurs were so garbage with their back line they still they qualified for the europa conference league it's crazy how you have a player like Harry Kane who's assisted the most and scored the most, and you're still way behind everyone else. 
And Son, he he still contributed 17 goals as well as 10 assists. That's insane. That's that's a great return. Those those numbers in itself is are just like top class, right? And Chris, honestly, I agree with you here, man. I also put in Son as my left wing because and again, it's difficult because from my perspective, I mean, he was tearing it up the first like six months of the season absolutely tearing it up him and Kane were this forming this you know legendary partnership where they were breaking records right uh they were on an unbelievable pace but Sun as Tottenham's troubles sort of started to unravel Sun contributed less and less and he had a bit of a quieter second half to the season but just just with the numbers that he put up regardless of that um I I have to include him um you you just have to honestly. yeah, yeah. the the son kane partnership the duo i had to respect that and i had to throw it in my team of the yeah. season so yeah that that's uh that that leaves us to our, our our final you know position here in the team of the season the right wing position and uh yeah there's lots of debate with who you can put um i kind of teased what i said earlier i put jack Grealish in there again kind of same story as son i mean just a you know like aston villa a Crazy good start to the season. Um, did really, really well. Sort of tailed off towards the end of the season because of injuries, unfortunately. Um, but, I mean, Jack Grealish was just sensational. I mean, he lifted that entire Aston Villa team, right? And when a player does that, when when that player lifts the team and makes everybody around them better, for me, that's just a sign of just a really, really talented player. So I, I, I couldn't leave him out this year. Yeah, Um for me, I went with Mo Salah. Uh, I think Mo had and actually a really good season, to be honest. He was close to the Golden Boot. He was just behind Kane, but even though I think his performance has stayed have stayed consistent, it's just that Liverpool's as a whole they've just underperformed so much this year. But of Liverpool's like famous front three, Salah's the really only the only player that's actually kept up his form. Firmino's just gone down to the gutter. Um, Mane not so great this year as well, and I think in a, in a considering this is this down year of like close to twenty goals, I think Mo Salah should definitely be in the side. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. No, no real complaints there. I mean, yeah, you're right. He he did contribute a lot. Just one goal shy of the golden boot, and Harry Kane obviously scoring on the final day kind of made it so that it was his. Salah had twenty two goals. That's nothing to um, be you know sad about I mean great season for him and uh, so yeah that that about wraps it up for our Premier League team of the seasons we have a couple categories here that uh, we're actually going to go through um, starting with our Premier League player of the season and I can see here that we actually have the same player I mean there's really no one else <laughs> it's the one and only Harry Kane once again uh, yeah like you really just can't you know, I know that a lot of people gave it to Ruben Diaz and that's great. You know, um, giving it to a defender, that's rare. It's rare that a defender gets player of the season in, in the Premier League because it's so much easier to give it to the one with all the stats, the goals, the assists, like we're doing now. Um, but again, from my point of view, I didn't really watch a lot of City's games, so it's hard for me to give it to Ruben Diaz. I acknowledge that he's been unreal, but uh, Harry Kane, just an, again, there's levels here and like the numbers that he put up, the assists, the playmaking, 
without Harry Kane, I think Tottenham would have been in a really, really bad position this year. Yeah, the thing with Ruben Diaz as well, I think he's had almost an almost like Van Dyke like impact for City. And I, I don't think it's a bad take. And I think there's a lot of people who've just been so inspired by Ruben Diaz. And I mean, he's he's talented, man. I, I like watching him in the Champions League semifinals, like it's impressive what he's done. He shut down Neymar and Mbappe. So kudos to him. Yeah. And he's only twenty four, so it's not like he's like even near his, his prime too. It so. just feels bad to see um, City play so well. <laughs> it's just yeah. Yeah. And again, yeah, I don't really watch a lot of their games, so it's hard, hard for me to do that. And he's getting a lot of plaudits already. Yeah. So we'll give it to Kane this year. He deserves it as well. I don't think a lot of people are going to be too mad about that. Um, a more interesting category we have here is uh, sort of our, I, I guess, I guess the way I was kind of interpreting it was more like kind of um, rookie player of the year, um, or you could also say breakout player of the year. I think a lot of people, when you think breakout, they think Phil Foden. Um, but you know, he already had a Premier League campaign under his belt, one or two. So I didn't, I didn't consider him in this case. And I gave it to a player that really impressed me this season. Didn't necessarily contribute a lot of goals or assists or was on a great team. Um, but, uh, I gave it to, uh, Eze, who is a winger on Crystal Palace. Um, very, very young. And yeah, this was his Premier League sort of rookie season and I think he contributed something like six goals four assists something like that but um, man he is he's a player let me tell you he's a really really good player um, and I wouldn't be surprised if in the next two three years he gets he gets a move to one of the big four probably Arsenal honestly yeah it seems likely I mean breakout I actually still gave it to Ruben Diaz instead because I couldn't give it to because uh, I already gave Harry Kane it, it is his rookie yeah, season so, it is so it yeah counts. and um, by breakout as well, um, I I interpreted that as it doesn't necessarily have to be a rookie season because you can say Luke had, Lucas had his breakout year, right? This is like yeah, true. This is like the year that we've all been waiting for. I never thought I'd see the day, but it happened. So I think you could probably give him a shout out as well. Um, yeah, I mean, but again, I, it's, it's got to be DS for me for sure. Okay, and now we have surprise of the season. Uh, I think we kind of agree on this one. I think the team that kind of exceeded expectations going into it was West Ham. I mean, you know, very, very solid year, finishing uh, sixth place, Europa League, after sort of a, a miserable season last year. I forget exactly where they finished, but I think they were sort of on the ropes. Um, David Moyes was trying to save them from relegation. They had some financial troubles with the with the owners. Things weren't looking good, but you know this season they've they've been a, they've been a revelation. I mean, Declan Rice was a huge part of that. Um, they also signed or didn't sign, but took on loan one one of our boys, Jesse Lingard, and he just he was just banging in goals for them like he was prime Messi or something. Um, so yeah, big ups, big ups to uh, West Ham. Honestly, man, I feel like West Ham should have made Champions League. Like they had such an easy schedule. Because I remember a few weeks ago, just looking at like every every club's like remaining fixtures, right? And I totally thought, like, man, West Ham, like, they should be getting in, and they've just they've they've drawn, they've lost points. So, 
yeah they, they did sort of dip yeah. towards the end of the season but like 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 we did as well right i mean it's, it's just all about ups and downs. yeah but the difference is we played four matches in like eight days or something like that so we kind of have and we played yeah, our b team exactly twice. played our b so, team twice uh for me my i i think um i would also mention leads as a candidate for a surprise because personally i thought uh the way that Bielsa played, um, it wasn't going to fare well in, in in the Premier League, and but yeah, but they they finished mid table, I think, top half of the table, like ninth, ninth. Uh, yeah. ahead of Arsenal. Yeah, or they had the four their last five games, four wins, one yeah, loss. I think that I would say that's a surprise because I thought they'd be kind of near the bottom as well. But kudos to them. Yeah, I mean, you know, Leeds was a funny one because they were it's it's rare that you hear about a team that's being promoted and people were actually praising them saying that you know the way Leeds play and their manager they could finish high up like top half of the table because Bielsa just commands a lot of respect and they play some really really attractive football but then you're right a lot of people were saying well the downside is that now they're playing against these top Premier League teams they're going to get exposed they're going to have to change the way Mm. they play but to their credit, they never really did. If you wanted a shootout with them, they were willing to take you head on. And honestly, that's just great for the league. They just play some really, really entertaining stuff. And it was fantastic to watch them play. And I, I still remember that first game of the season against Liverpool, that 4-3 loss. But man, what a game that was. And that was just a, a precursor to what we were going to witness uh, with Leeds United. So big up, big ups Leeds. I mean, they sure. had a, such an uh, impressive victory against City as well. Um, yep. you know, it, despite we, 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 even though we trashed them six, two, um, earlier this year, or I mean, last year, I don't even think they played that poorly going forward because they were still threatening quite a bit. They had their chances. Yeah. They were threatening. They just, they just had that. They just had those mistakes in the middle of the field. They just had, like their two pivots weren't, they weren't really covering up the spaces that we were attacking. So they just left some, some gaping holes, but that's ne- that's neither here or there. Um, moving on to our last category now for our sort of Premier League awards, if you want to call it, um, disaster of the season. And disaster is a little bit of a strong word here because I don't think there's necessarily a ton of you know disasters, um, but you know maybe some disappointments uh, or didn't quite ex- exceed expectations. I think I think Liverpool was going to be a shout in this until they just miraculously recovered and got Champions League. Um, but uh, I gave it to the mighty Arsenal, the Gunners, finishing in eighth place once again this season. No Europe for the first time in 25 years. Um, I mean, Arsenal had a roller coaster of a season, mostly downs though. Uh, <laughs> they started the season off really, really poorly. It let's be honest, guys. It was fun to watch them crash and burn uh, live on Arsenal Fan TV a lot of the times. Great content, very entertaining. But um, yeah, man, I mean, things with, uh, you know, things with Arteta didn't really work out. I mean, a lot of Arsenal fans, especially at the end of last season, were actually more optimistic about Arteta and Arsenal and their vision and their way of playing than they were about United. And um, that just didn't work out this year. Yeah, I remember when Ian Wright said, um, if, uh, what was it? If... He said he'd take Arteta over Ole any day, or if Arteta had 
all these team he'd be doing so much better or whatever. I don't know. It, it yeah, it's something like that, and it, it feels good, man, for Ole to be vindicated. <laughs> like of all the the managers that were hired based upon you know the players' previous experiences. So, that's talk, so I'm talking about Lampard, Arteta, and Ole. Ole is just outclassed them. Like for now, for now yeah, but, yeah, yeah. There's so there's so we. Arteta yeah. is still sort of in the race, and he's going to get another year. It looks like so good. Good. Um, I mean, <laughs> Arteta hasn't he hasn't shown anything to deserve to stay. In my opinion, it's just I think he's lost the dressing room. To be honest, honestly, they they need to start from scratch, like ground zero at this point. Like, there's just so many things that are going wrong. Like, so many players who don't yeah, deserve it... to play for Arsenal. The coaching staff is shambles, and the ownership. I I, I can't really change the ownership. I don't think it'll change anyway. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, where where they go next year. Um, but yeah, so that's that that's my disaster this season. Yeah. Um, did you have anybody else in? in, uh, in I mean, um, I, I mean, my first choice was Arsenal too. But for the sake of conversation, you know, I mean, it doesn't get any worse than Sheffield. I think they were winless in their first yeah. fifteen matches. That's pretty disastrous, if you tell me. Um, yikes, also, shout yikes. out to Fulham. I mean, I feel like they're all. Every time they go up and they get promoted into the Premier League, they go straight back down. I don't know what it is, but they always do that. Seem to do that. Um, I feel kind of bad for Scott Parker, but I actually really like Fulham, and I, I like I partly because I really admire the Craven Cottage Stadium. I think it's one of the cooler stadiums to look at, to be honest. But that's basically yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They've done nothing to warrant staying in the Premier League with how they played. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, honorable mention. I want to say Everton because at the beginning of the year they were obviously like flying. They were you know playing extremely well, but they just died off quite a bit, especially with that squad and then the manager yeah. like Ancelotti. That's a little bit surprising. They, I haven't really really heard much from them. Yeah, with with Hamas and. Uh, Richarlison, some some good players in there, but like you're right, they kind of just tailed off. And honestly, when I think of when I think of Everton, I don't really have any emotions. Like they're kind of just plain to me. I don't know. They finished tenth, which is honestly kind of a drop off and not a good season. It is given their squad so, uh, because they have great players: Sigurdsson, right? Um, yep. Uh, ben Godfrey is great. sort of an up and coming player yep. as Pickford's well. Pickford's not bad. He's just a little crazy, but there are way worse keepers for sure. Seamus Coleman. So yeah, I mean, so yeah, with a with a manager like Carlo, they should be doing better. I think they should be in the top six, in my opinion. Agree. Well, top six maybe not, but yeah, like definitely I'd give them top eight. I mean, I'm telling you, man, top eight is competitive these days. It is competitive. There's lots of teams in in and around fighting, like we saw this well, season. Well, I don't consider Spurs so, um, or Arsenal the top six anyway, so I consider Luster above them anyway. <laughs> you just had to sneak yeah. that in there. Okay, so that's going to do it for, um, for for really the Premier League this season. That That is the 2020-2021 Premier League season. Congratulations to Manchester City for winning yet another Premier League title. <sighs> <laughs> Sigh. Um, hopefully that changes next year. I hope that we're more competitive next year. I hope that we make some, some uh, additions to the squad in the summer. The rumors are going to be flying, um, but we're not going to talk about that yet. 
right now for us, our focus now shifts to midweek, May 26th, Gdansk, Poland, Europa League final against Villa Real. Chris, give me some preliminary thoughts going into the game. What are we feeling? I'm not feeling too confident with Baye Lindelof. I'll be quite honest with you. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Good start. Uh, I mean, McGuire, I, he's not playing. I don't think he's ready. Oh, yeah, he's out. Yeah, he's, he's out. out. And on the bright side, it doesn't matter if we if we lose, to be honest. Oh, I mean, I would prefer us to win because we'll be in pot one of the, cha- of the Champions League should we win the Europa League, right? Ah, that's a, that's that a is big a big one, yeah. one. But to be fair, that pot two is already looking pretty stacked. So it might not be the worst thing in the world because I think PSG's in pot two. Like, um, who else? Like Juventus, I think. Or I, I got to check again. But like, it, like, I remember seeing a list. It looked pretty stacked to me. And would Dortmund be in that? They finished third. I can't remember. Let me pull this up. Um, I'll get back to you on that point later. But overall, I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. I hope we win the trophy. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, yeah enjoy it. I mean, obviously obviously we go into it. We want to win. I, I agree with you that um, we're not as confident as we could be because, to be honest, with the way that we've been rotating the squad um, and with the amount of games that we've had in the last couple of days, we just, we've been on a kind of a dip in form and it doesn't feel like we're on a good run here and we're going into the final little bit weary uh, i know that we rested our players though our full starting 11 essentially um so there's that at least hopefully that works in our favor not against us i hope that there's no cold feet out there because at the end of the day it's still a european final you want to win it it gets and again it's it gets a trophy in the hands of this squad right and i think that's an important feeling for the players to have especially going forward and sort of getting that monkey off their back, right? Like first trophy for the team. Um, there will be less pressure in that sense and they can kind of move forward with a little bit more confidence, challenge for those bigger trophies. And I just, again, like I want to win mostly because I don't want other teams to just make fun of us. Right? Yeah, like, I don't want to be bad. At the end of the day, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's Villarreal, you know, like no offense to them, but like, I don't know, they're kind of like a mid-table Spanish uh, team, right? So it's not like they're the most formidable opponent that we could have had in the Europa League final you know like I think I think I think Milan and Roma were probably better teams to be honest uh, as we so we, sh- we should win Roma. we should win yeah I think yeah to be fair like, Milan was actually our hardest um knockout opponent I think so far given how the, the scores went but um I found out the pot I found the tweet about the pot two teams so far so it's Man United Real Madrid Barcelona Juventus, PSG, Liverpool, Sevilla, Dortmund, Porto, Ajax, and RB Leipzig. So, uh, that's in, that's in that's pot, in two. pot two. Yikes! Again, not the end of the world, but come on, I want to I want to play the best teams. Okay, I don't want to think like that. I mean, we did yeah, this we did. year, right? We did this Kinda year. We had, us. We, we had the toughest. But hey, year. I think that's a really good experience. It's going to come in handy to for us, to be honest with you. It's just um, yeah, again, because it just it just sets that standard. Yeah. Like 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 I said, I think one of the big themes this year was that we weren't we weren't there yet. You know what I mean? As a team, we weren't we weren't world beaters. We we weren't we weren't on the level of City. We weren't on the level of a Bayern Munich. Um, I don't think PSG was that great, but uh, you know, like like we weren't there. You know what I mean? And if we want to win those, the Premier League, the Champions League, things like that, 
we still need to kick it up a notch. And I think, I think Ole even said it in one of his pressers. He, you know, he said that if, if we want to reach those levels, we need to improve the squad, right? We need to add to this squad. So we're not going to find it internally. I think, I think the team has done a really good job at playing at their potential, something that we haven't done in a, in a lot of recent years. I think we've gotten the best out of a lot of our players. But, you know, now's the time to strengthen the squad, right, from a position of strength, okay? Two, two years back-to-back in the Champions League. That's a lot for us, right? Like, that's, that, that's a big up from recent years, being in and out, in and out. I think that's, again, consistency. Big theme this podcast here, consistency. If you're in the Champions League every year, it's easier for you to build your squad out for attaining those levels. So I think this season, this is a perfect season for us to, again, I've crossed my fingers. I'm, I'm praying every night, but we need to bring in two or three players to improve the squad for sure. Yeah. Uh, I want to touch on, stri- on transfers, um, but maybe we'll just do a quick predictions of the Europa League final. Um, I'm going to say uh, it's a 2-1 victory. Mm, I was going to go for that too, actually. But you know what? Since... Um, you know, in the interest of having a little bit more spicy, I'll say, I'll say, three nothing, three nothing. Comfortable oh, man. win. I, I, I would, I would love that. I would love that. But we, we'll see if um, comfortable. We'll see how comfortable Ollie is as a, as his first in his first final. So. Yeah, and obviously we're also going to do sort of like a uh, post post Europa League final uh, special podcast. And that's going to sort of close out the season for us um, onto the Euros as well. So, uh, so yeah, so I guess um, now we can just touch a little bit on transfers. I don't know if you wanted to, uh, I mean, like, like again, I, 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 we, we I need a center back. Kane so there. since Harry's going to go to city, we need a center back. <laughs> we needed one regardless, yeah, but you're right. you know, Pau Torres or, um, I mean, people are saying Rafael Varane, but I just think he's just using us for a better contract, in my opinion. Um, I True. think there's a True. player named Jules Kunde. He plays for Sevilla. He's also very good. Um, Is he a center back or a midfielder? Center back. Yeah. Interesting. I, th- I swear I thought he was a mid before. Maybe he's a converted center back. Yeah, he plays for Sevilla. Pretty talented. Um, come on, we just need... Uh, Harry needs a better center back partner in my opinion. Um, Agreed. I think, I think, I think Ollie knows it. I think, um, again, like I said, in one of the, in one of the uh, pre-match sort of pressers, he mentioned that uh, we do need to strengthen the squad and they've been looking at players throughout the season. You know, I mean, he said it's an ongoing process, right? They don't just kind of wait till the end of the season. And now all of a sudden they start thinking, okay, who are we going to sign? You know, they monitor players throughout the season. They have their targets they say to the board, this is what we're looking at. And they kind of figure out where they can maneuver in and amongst those those transfer targets. So I have confidence. I, I hope that uh, I'm, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, we will have some good signings this season. It's been a little bit lackluster in the past couple of seasons. And I think Ollie, even last year, was a bit more hesitant to say, oh, we're definitely going to get some signings. I think he was a bit more coy on the subject. Like, oh, you know what? If something comes through, we'll definitely look at it. 
But I think now, I think the message is more clear. Um, if we want to get to where we want to be, we need to invest, get those players. Again, from a position of strength, okay? We're sec- we finished second in the Premier League. Um, we've had some good performances. We've played well. And again, players can look at us and feel like if they come into the squad, they can push us to that level and succeed those those and get those trophies, right? So again, this is this is a really, really big summer for us. I know we've talked about um, Kane and Sancho plenty, so I'm not going to go there again. But mm. in the news today, um, after yesterday's match against Spurs, uh, Yuri Tielemans was by himself just clapping to the fans. It's more like a... These are rumors, by the way. But it kind of looked like he was doing like a final goodbye clap by himself around the stadium. Who knows? Really? Yeah. Um, That's very, very surprising, surprising to me. But Maybe a player of his caliber wants to play in the Champions League, right? So, would you take would you would you take Tielemans? Absolutely, yeah. I, I think he'd do a great job. Um, I mean, anyone's better than Fred. Let's be real. Um, yeah. No, obviously, obviously, he'd be an upgrade. I mean, I'd be again. I think that's just a that's just a silly rumor. Um, I, yeah. I think if he's for sure staying. I think you know he recently like signed like two years ago, maybe. Yeah. So, um, but if he wants to yeah, leave now, I think now's the time to do that. it. But obviously, we haven't had the best history with prices with luster, so maybe I don't think it's oh, feasible. God, no. Like to be honest, I just don't know what our budget realistically is. Like, we need to figure out and figure out who needs to be sold because I think Jesse should be sold. I hope we can get like a proper fee to him. Um, I think Dan James is going to leave, in my opinion. Uh, but yep. I don't know how much we'll get from him. I know, like, yeah, I mean. People are off. People are leaving, right? Uh, I think Sergio Romero, Juan yeah. Mata, uh, <laughs> Phil Jones, if he ever wants to leave, I don't know. He's basically just like a permanent resident at this mm-hmm. point. Um, yeah, Dan James would leave, Jesse Lingard. If we can just cut the fat there, you know, get get those wages off the books, get some good value out of them. Like, I think we can really press West Ham on, on some value um, for Lingard because he's had such a tremendous season and he's got a lot of upside. So... You know, those funds come in and the, we invest a little bit also into the transfer window because obviously there's been lots of pressure from the fans this year for the board to sort of get more involved and commit to sort of a winning mentality because, you know, the Glazers historically have been taking money out as opposed to in and investing into the club. So maybe they feel a bit pressured this season and maybe they're going to open their checkbooks and hopefully, yeah, that probably starts with uh, Sancho. I think I think Sancho's coming I, for sure. I yeah, think that's, yeah. It just it that's a given. I think I mean a lot of reliable newspapers in Germany have been saying that he will leave, and I think it's just realistically will be us. Maybe Liverpool has an outside chance if Salah leaves, but that I think he wants to get that result before the Euros, and I'm crossing my fingers that we can get it done. Um, another player that would love to have um, is Declan Rice. But I think West Ham value him at like ninety million pounds, so there's no way in chance it's happening. Yeah, no chance, no chance. But they're gonna tr- Jesse and forty five mil. That's all I ask. That's my final offer. That's what I would offer uh, to West Ham. Yeah, like a like a player swap and some cash. Although you don't really see it ever, is sort of like a easier pill to swallow. Trust me, I play FIFA Manager all the time, so I know how this works. Yeah, works yeah. like that in that scenario for sure. But yeah, no, I think uh, I think I don't think West Ham's going to let go of Declan Rice anytime soon. I think he's like their he's like their golden boy basically. So 
he might even turn out to be like a like like a West Ham lifer, to be honest. The way that they really love Declan Rice, I think he might want to leave. Uh, but but he probably wants to play Champions League football. We'll see. I mean, what player doesn't, right? So, but uh, who knows? Um, a lot, a lot of transfer window business to be decided either before the Euros, during the Euros, after. Who knows? Do you, do you think um, Harry's already decided where he wants to go? I think it's already been done. I don't think he's decided. I think the way Harry, and again, we don't know the guy, but I think the way he's going to go about it is he's going to listen. He's he's, he's going to listen to the three teams that want him, which I think are Chelsea, City, and and United. Right? They're just all going to. I feel like this is like a like an like an NBA type thing, right? Where like a player visits and they sort of pitch him, right? They have like this PowerPoint presentation. This is what you can do here, and you know they they just give him the tour and everything. So. I think he's going to hear out the, the clubs, but uh, yeah, I think I think he's going to ultimately decide before the Euros because he wants that. Again, he's very committed to the national team, so he doesn't want any distractions. So I can imagine he gets it wrapped up, signed, sealed, and delivered to Manchester City before I the Euros. I think so too. I mean, the way that uh, City have handled Aguero's departure, it, it just makes... Yeah, it's... They're... They're shining the seat. They're cleaning up everything. They're clearing out Sergio's locker just for Harry. Yeah, yeah, let's just let's just yeah. Tell you, man, it's, it's written hey, in the Holland twenty twenty two. All right, that's well, what we should be focused on. Holland for sure. And on that note, we're gonna probably end it there. It feels like we're always ending it on Holland and Sancho. So, um, but yeah, so that's gonna do it for us for this episode. Again, Premier League season in the books. Uh, we move to the Europa League final, and then that does it for our season. Uh, we're going to be back with another episode of breaking down that game as well. Um, you can probably expect that, you know, Thursday or even on the weekend, maybe. Who knows? And um, and uh, yeah, that's 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 going to do it for us. Um, if you haven't already, please do follow us on Twitter once again at Stratford Chat. Um, and yeah, that's 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 going to do it for me. All right. See you soon. Cheers.